for eight years now, I have hosted an online subscription club for quilters called the Murder Mystery Quilt. And on this episode of the Whipstitch Podcast, I am discussing the brand new Murder Mystery Quilt for 2023, where it came from, where we're going, and how you can be part of it. I'm Deborah Mobies. Thanks for listening. product in the world of quilting called a mystery quilt. And if you're not a quilter, maybe you've never heard of that. Um, A mystery quilt, the idea is that you are participating in constructing a quilt that you have never seen in its finished form. Sort of like putting a puzzle together without having seen the box top. Um, And for years and years, I would hear quilters talk about that. Because I, you know, I came to sewing, you know, my grandmother does or did, while she was living, she did cross stitch and embroidery and, you know, a lot of like fancy kind of hand sewing. And my mother did a lot of garment sewing. So when I came into sewing, I did not come into it as a quilter. I was introduced to quilting by my sewing students. Thank goodness. So as I as I grew as a quilter and learned more and more about it, I was constantly introduced to these new ideas that for me were, I had no frame of reference for them. For example, when I first got into quilting, I had always pictured quilts as utilitarian ways to use up scraps left over from sewing clothing, that I sincerely thought of them as like a, like a homesteader project, that this was a way that, you know, back in the olden days, people would take scraps or flower sacks or leftover bits and make use of them, you know, use it up, wear it out. I did not think of quilts as a, an art form. When I first came to quilting, I have absolutely come around to that way of thinking since. Um, the, the variety and ingenuity of quilt design never, ever, ever stops amazing me. The technique involved in creating quilt blocks, uh, the, the intricacies and the thought and the math are uh, so astonishing, but also, um, like I want to say engaging, but that really isn't the right word. It really is intriguing. I look at some quilt designs and the ways in which they have created these different shapes, and I think, oh, how did they do that? So so I was introduced to this idea of a mystery quilt, and I had that, that same reaction where I was like, well, it's a mystery quilt. But more than that, I over and over, I've caught myself putting on the brakes. Because I would hear this idea, you're going to make a quilt and you you don't know what it's going to look like. You're just going to follow the instructions. And I would jokingly, half jokingly, maybe a little defensively say, you know, I have control issues. I don't think I can do that. Right? Like, how do I know if I've made the right choices? Um, so my joke for year, I mean, seriously, years was at a bare minimum, if it's a mystery quilt, you should at least like be solving a crime. It should be a murder mystery quilt. And I said that for years, especially when I owned a retail fabric shop in Atlanta. Um, I would kind of make this joke kind of offhandedly. But, you know, again, maybe a little defensively because I didn't feel like I could um, navigate the uncertainty of what a mystery quilt represented to me. So I went on and on murder mystery quilt. Ella, 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 ella. After the store closed, I finally decided, you know what? I, I, don't, I refuse to stop talking about this idea. I keep talking about this idea. Why not? Why not? Why not do it? 
pull the trigger, as it were. Um, and so I, I launched at the end of 2015, I launched the Murder Mystery Quilt. And the idea was that instead of doing a mystery quilt where you sew a block a month and then at the end you finish with this quilt where you didn't, you get the reveal, you know, the move the bus moment where you get to see the finished quilt. As you go, each month you get a pattern for a portion of the quilt and a chapter from an original murder mystery and clues to help solve the mystery are hidden in the quilt. So you sew the quilt to solve the crime. And I thought, you know, this is what a funny idea. LOLOL, you know, but I, it, deep in my heart, I didn't really think anybody would go for it. I sort of thought that I was this oddball, that I had this weird idea and everyone was going to think, oh, okay, and nobody would really go for it. But I put it out into the world anyway, because it was one of those ideas I could not let go of. I couldn't shake it. I just thought it was such a fun idea. It combined so many of my favorite things. I, I like um, I like that delayed gratification sense of doing a block a month. I love a serialized novel in that way where you get like a cliffhanger, you know. I enjoy that sensation of a cliffhanger ending in an episode where you're like, what? No! I actually like that feeling um, way more than I like roller coaster feelings, you know. So I was I was really excited about this idea. I launched it. I put it out into the world and genuinely had to have a, a talk to myself, with myself, you know, where sometimes you sit yourself down and you say, all right, we're just going to, we're just going to open our hands and whatever happens, happens. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. I had, I had a nice little talk with myself. And lo and behold, that first year that we did the murder mystery quote, more than 400 people signed up to participate in this ridiculous idea that I thought was just my own my own goofy, silly thing. But it turns out it's not just my own goofy, silly thing. There are lots of us who love murder mysteries, who love reading stories together. There are lots of us who love that delayed gratification of seeing a little bit at a time. And then in the in-between space, imagining how the blanks will be filled in. There are lots of us who are puzzlers, and as we build this quilt over time and we don't know where each of the blocks will go in the grid, start to try out different layouts and assemble the quilt in our imagination. And there are lots of us who enjoy meeting other people who like those same things and comparing notes. There are lots of us who enjoy reading a story and poking holes in it, right? Looking for, wait a minute, that doesn't line up, and is this a clue? And... There are a lot of us out there who who love to sew and who love to read and who were just waiting for a place where we could put those things together. So for the past almost eight years now, we have all been we've all been playing together and the murder mystery quilt has grown into this incredible opportunity for me to join in as a member of a community where I feel fully embraced and intellectually engaged, but also emotionally supported and warmly welcomed. It is just the kindest group of quilters. Every year I call them the nicest quilters on the internet, and that is no joke. Like, no joke. Warm, welcoming, kind, encouraging, supportive, funny, smart, insightful, witty, just... Uh, they're just the kindest people, and they're so much fun to interact with. 
The way the Murder Mystery Quilt is set up, we have a, a primary website. You can find that at MurderMysteryQuilt.com that um, outlines what the quilt will be for the year. And every year on Halloween at noon Eastern time, the main page refreshes and it reveals where the setting of the next year's quilt will be. The setting ends up being really important because it isn't just the setting for the story. We read a novel broken into chapters and you read one chapter a month until you get to the conclusion. And all of that takes place in a very specific geographic location. Um, But that setting is also establishing the theme for our quilt. So, for example, the very first year, um, it was hyper-local to me. It was set at a place called the Hike Inn, which is, um, it is a a hike in only. It's the hike in I-N-N, like hotel in. Um, but you can only hike in I-N. You can only hike in to get there. Um, and it is uh, near Blood Mountain, Georgia, which is the starting point for a lot of people who through hike the Appalachian Trail. And so the hike in is this fun location. The entire story was set there. Uh, my family hiked up there to visit and to stay overnight. Um, everything happens and it sort of focuses on this Appalachian Trail experience. Um, and so the actual quilt itself included, it built that year, years and years ago, um, it built a somewhat literal map of, of where the inn was located. In other years, we've gone to Egypt. And the entire story was uh, traveling between Cairo, Cairo and Abu Simbel in Egypt and through Luxor and along the Nile. And then the quilt itself featured the Great Pyramid, the three pyramid formation of the Great Pyramid at Giza. And there was a sphinx and there was a scarab and there were lotus flowers. It was just this amazing quilt that had all these different elements that relate directly to plot elements from the story itself. In 2022, our quilt was set at Yellowstone National Park, um, and our members are still building that, so I can't reveal, I can't reveal to you exactly how the elements of the quilt all go together, but I can tell you that they're directly drawn from the um, geographic and ecosystem elements that exist at Yellowstone. They're all right there in the quilt. The other reason the setting is important is because it establishes how we organize all of our members. Um, a, a lot of years, over the course of the Murder Mystery Quilt since 2015, we've had more than 10,000 unique members, 10,000 actual individual humans who have participated in the quilt. Um, and we've discovered that that's there are just too many people some years. We don't have 10,000 people at a time, but there are just too many people some years for everyone to get to know one another at the level they want. Everybody wants to make friends and, and get to know each other. And we also all like a little bit of challenge in between our quilt blocks. Like it's really fun to to try new things and explore and experiment and then kind of do, like when I was a school teacher, we would call them extension activities, um, to do other sewing, quilting, intellectual exercises that relate to the story of the quilt. So we organize our members into what we call clue crews. A clue crew is a smaller group drawn from inside that year's murder mystery quilt. So everyone registers in the same timeline. Registration opens on Halloween. It goes through January. The first block pattern and chapter arrive the second Wednesday of January. Um, But that means that everyone who's participating that year registered since Halloween, like a cohort. Everybody's working together on the same timeline. 
And then we break them into that one large group. We break into four smaller groups, and they're all called clue crews. And the 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 identity of that individual clue crew is drawn from the themes and um, motifs that appear in the quilt and the story over the course of the year. So, for um, for the year when we did Egypt. We had a Nefertiti clue crew and a Cleopatra crew, crew clue and a Ramses clue crew. They were drawn from these um, characters from Egyptian history and mythology. For um, the year that we're doing Yellowstone, we have a bison clue crew and an otter clue crew and an Arctic fox clue crew. And um, that they're drawn from the different things that are part of our story. And then the clue crews, as the year goes along, those smaller groups get to compete in clue crew challenges. And those are all presented to those individual crews and they have the opportunity to, um, to I don't know, one year. So when we did Egypt, for example, the clue crew was challenged to build a pyramid out of household objects. And then everybody got to post their pictures and the clue crew that had the highest percentage of members participating won a badge that they could put on the back of their quilt at the end of the year. Um, and the, you guys are so smart. Our murder mystery quilters are so smart. Um, and so they did one, you know, like somebody did one out of gummy bears held together by toothpicks. And somebody else did one out of um, frosted cookies. And one woman, her husband farms on their land. And she said he took a tractor and stacked up hay bales into a pyramid. She climbed to the top and had a photo taken of herself. It was amazing. So breaking our members up into these smaller groups, they get to know one another better. They get to show their personality. But also we get to do stuff that relates back to the quilt in the in-between times while we're waiting for another quilt block to arrive. So in that regard, the setting, announcing the setting is like kind of a big deal and super exciting for all of our members because it means we're getting ready for what our clue crews will be named, kind of our theme for the year. It also really establishes our color palette. Um, that, like, for example, a couple years ago, it was set in the Caribbean, 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 depending on how you say it, um, where uh, our heroine was going underwater. She was learning to scuba dive. That year was actually a an origin story. So it was set in the late 80s. It had all these fun Spotify soundtracks of late 80s songs. Um, she was learning to scuba dive off the coast of Cuba. And it had this unbelievable palette of Caribbean colors. Um, so finding out where the story was set was a big draw for a lot of our quilters, some of them because they are divers. I actually didn't realize how many of our quilters were also divers or really love the ocean until we announced the theme for that year. It was super fun to watch all of them come out and be like, I'm a diver too. That was really cool. Um, for some of them, it's because they they love that location, that geographic location. When I announced the theme for Yellowstone, I I don't watch the Yellowstone TV show. I've never, I've seen like four episodes maybe. Um, and, and I did not realize that Yellowstone as a national park was having a moment. Um, it was like, so it was very exciting to have all these people who were like, I'm going this year. And so as we're reading the story and doing the quilt, we have members who are at Yellowstone visiting and sending our members back pictures of these different elements around the Yellowstone National Park that we're discussing in the story. And so it really gives this layered experience to what we're all doing. That's so fun. 
it informs the quilt design, it informs the color palette, um, it informs the conversations, it informs the Clue Crew challenges. It's just a really exciting moment for all of us on Halloween when the new theme is announced. So it's super fun for me to share that with you today to talk a little bit about what inspired me to choose this theme and then to talk about our story. Every year, the murder mystery quilt centers around one main character. She comes back year after year. Her name is Kitty Campbell, and um, she came to me uh, in carpool. Sometimes people will be like, oh, you know, it came to me in a dream. My dream time used to be behind the wheel of my minivan when I would drive my kids carpool. That it, like I'm not anybody who has ever driven carpool or driven the same route to work every day, you you know, you can kind of turn your brain off a little bit, right? It's you're on autopilot. I don't have to think about where to put my turn signal on. I don't have to think about, you know, like I'm it's the same route every day. And parts of it, um, if you like if you drive to work in traffic, the same route every day, you know, you're like, what are you gonna do? I live here now. And so my mind will wander when I'm in that situation. And when I would wait our turn to get to the front for carpool, my mind would sort of like do-de-do-de-do, wander off, and I would think and think and think. And Kitty Campbell, Catherine Ann Campbell, PhD, came to me in one of those carpool moments when my brain was largely on autopilot, and I think my subconscious just coughed up, you know, here's this character. Um, My graduate degree, this is a true story. Uh, My graduate degree, my master's is in anthropology. My PhD, which I did not complete, full disclosure. um, My PhD work was in archaeology, focusing on archaeobotany, which is the study of human-plant interactions in prehistory. I was actually working on my PhD with a MacArthur grant recipient um, before I left the program. And I loved all of the different things that I feel passionate about that come together under that umbrella. I love gardening. I love growing food and food production. I love the ethical questions of food production worldwide. Um, I love how food is one of those things that because everybody eats, there is no one who isn't invested in conversations about gardening and food production and food preparation and the cultural significance of the foods we eat. I love that um, archaeology is the study of trash. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, all we have to look at are the things that people threw out. And so we are making inferences about people's identities as archaeologists through the things that they throw away. And that includes the types of food they ate and or didn't eat. So um, having a character in a piece of fiction whose specialty was my specialty and whose interests are the things where I feel the most passionately, um, I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? It makes the story really easy to write. Before I went to graduate school, I was a high school literature teacher. So I, I also love stories. I love story structure. 
I love story analysis. Um, one of my absolute favorite professors ever, ever, ever was a man named John Dagan. He taught play analysis at Florida State when I was an undergraduate. And he what that was his passion. His passion was this idea that every word, every line, every plot element in a story was there on purpose. And it isn't our job to gloss them over. It's our job to ferret out how that helps us understand people outside the world of the story better. So I've spent a lot of time really digging down into narrative and um, he was teaching play analysis, but I've applied it to fiction into the into analyzing prose in a way where where the words really do matter and and we really are sending a message. But my absolute favorite way to unwind and unplug isn't only to read, it really is to read mysteries. I, I love puzzles. I love jigsaw puzzles. I love board games. I love mystery novels. And I love the idea that as I'm reading, I get to decide my level of emotional investment, intellectual investment even. I get to decide, do I want to allow this story to carry me along and just let the conclusion unfold with minimal effort on my part? Or do I want to pace myself and see how much of this I can guess before the end. Do I want to be the detective and play that part? So when when the character of Kitty Campbell was originally developed, it, it just was this passion project for me. It was this chance to take all of these things that I love and all these all these student loans I'm paying off, um, and all these things that I will do for free and combine them into one project that I can be so excited to share. And the idea that I developed this character in this story and presented it to people and they said enthusiastically, yes, we want to learn more about Kitty Campbell and we want to make a quilt based on her adventures and exploits. It just is, it is a dream come true for me every single time. So Kitty Campbell is, she has a PhD. She is a paleoethnobotanist, which is another term that is somewhat interchangeable with archaeobotanist. Um, and she studies prehistoric human-plant interactions. Some of the idea that my main character, Kitty Campbell, um, travels all over the world to various exotic destinations, studying the different plants that are there, some of that asks you to suspend a little bit of disbelief um, because she can't be an expert in everything. But some of it actually is based in fact, uh, you know, how we do archaeology in the United States today, that there are actually private companies who take in samples from all over the world um, and, and work with those. For the most part, IRL in real life, a, an archaeologist would focus on a very specific geographic region, and certainly an archaeobotanist would have expertise in certain plants. Um, but even even in that case, there's always a lot of research and analysis and verification and cross-referencing um, involved in any sort of archaeological work. So I don't feel like it's um, misleading to have my character move around the world and go to these various beautiful places where she goes. Um, she's been to Jamestown in Virginia and uh, and done an ex uh, an excavation there. She's been to Egypt. She's been to Hawaii. And um, this year she's in Yellowstone. And in 2023, Kitty Campbell, PhD, archaeobotanist, is taking the murder mystery quilt to the land of the Vikings. The Murder Mystery Quilt 2023 is called Murder of the Viking, and it takes place in Scandinavia. 
primarily in Norway and Denmark, because Kitty Campbell has been invited to the Viking Ship Museum in Copenhagen to analyze the remains of a Viking ship that have been discovered submerged off the coast of Denmark. She's going to be using dendrochronological data, which is tree ring data, to identify the timbers in this Viking ship. And while she's there, she gets embroiled in a mystery. Some of the plot of this is actually based on the MacArthur Grant fellow I mentioned earlier. When I was in graduate school, she had recently finished a project where she had been in the Caribbean uh, analyzing tree ring data to identify the timbers of the Santa Maria, like the Santa Maria, like the one that floated over with Columbus. They were able to unequivocally compare tree ring data to determine that submerged timbers they'd found in the Caribbean were in fact the trees that were cut down and turned into the Santa Maria. Everything about that to me is mind-blowingly cool. And so they have these whole like libraries of tree rings, these like libraries that go back and back and back. And if you look at them, you can actually find them online, uh, these dendrochronological timelines. Um, you, you'll see that some scientists and historians have taken arrows and pointed and said, this is the year 1492, right? You can actually identify very, very, very specific points in history by looking at tree rings. So I was inspired by that story from my PhD supervisor to think about what it would mean if our heroine was invited on a project where she would be using really similar data in order to identify timbers made to build a Viking ship. Can she actually determine that this is in fact a, a prehistoric specimen um, of a Viking ship that and determine where it was built and you know like there are a lot of different Vikings you know the Viking Viking culture spread from Iceland and Greenland to northern Scotland to Norway Sweden Finland uh, all of Denmark uh, uh, Nova Scotia right so parts of Canada and the United States um so that Vikings all over Vikings all over what I also did not know when I started planning this story was Vikings are having a moment right now? Um, there are there are a lot of Viking TV shows on right now. There are Viking movies right now. Vikings are they're they're having a comeback. Um, it really is a fascinating and deep culture uh, that has a lot to offer. Um, this year's quilt reflects that idea that um, thanks to the Marvel movies. Funnily enough, um, more of us know about the Norse gods than we might have before. We know more about Thor and Loki and Odin than probably the average American would have 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and so th there is a rich, a rich cultural history of, of um, myth and fact and belief that surrounds the Scandinavian regions and Viking history, Viking lore, and it's built into our quilt. So every year, it's tricky for me. I, I never, I never want to give too much away about our quilt, but I do want to communicate enough that it's engaging for, for our members when they very first register. I want to give you a little bit of a glimpse into what the quilt will look like at the end so you know whether or not you want to make that quilt. So what I can tell you, every quilt that we've made 
over the lifespan, maybe with one exception, over the lifespan of the murder mystery quilt has some type of botanical element in it somewhere. There's at least one floral block somewhere in our quilt. I can tell you that this year's quilt has a central medallion element and a hidden design. So not only are you making, in 2023, a mystery quilt where you'll make a block a month and you won't know what the final layout is at the end of the year, but at the end of the year when you finish it and you look at your finished quilt, there will be a secondary hidden design inside the quilt that will help us solve the mystery. The palette is these beautiful sort of um, ocean-inspired Scandinavian colors. So they are these amazing muted jewel tones. Um, the Caribbean year, everything was this bright, clean Caribbean palette. This year, it's a little bit smokier, a little bit softer, a little bit more muted. But we have lots of rich jewel tones, golds and greens and grays and blues, silver, like these really beautiful colors. You can see all of those on the Murder Mystery Quilt website, which is also where you can go to register and join us. Once again, we have four clue crews. Each of those clue crews is a smaller subset of our cohort for the year. So everybody participating in the 2023 Murder Mystery Quilt starts at the same time and finishes at the same time. You never have to worry that you are coming in late or you don't have enough information. Everybody's going to join together and finish together. You'll get divided into your clue crew, so you will instantly have a team of supportive, kind, friendly quilters who are there to answer your questions or where you can answer their questions. The level of warmth and generosity in this group is unparalleled in my experience. When you join, you can get the fabric requirements that you download and can take to the store and go shopping with you. Um, there are lots and lots and lots of stories of quilters who've gone to their local quilt shop and met another murder mystery quilter right there at the cutting table getting their fabric as well. It'll give you the measurements that you'll need to purchase ahead of time and then a brief overview of where the quilt is going to go. Um, you'll be able to join our social community right away. You'll be signed up for emails right away and you will be primed to start the new quilt the second Wednesday of January 2023. After that, every second Wednesday of the month at noon Eastern time, a brand new block pattern and a brand new chapter are published on our MurderMysteryQuilt.com website where you can download them and begin your work for the month. If you finish your quilt block before the next one arrives, you can earn a bonus clue that we will email you personally that will add up over the course of the year. You can get 11 bonus clues for completing your quilt blocks on time and you can add them up and it'll help you solve the mystery. They also help to keep you motivated and on track because a lot of mystery quilts program that goes an entire year, it can be easy to let life get in the way. But when you've got a bonus clue out there, it helps to encourage you to stay on track and engaged with the rest of our community. We have the best time. Can you hear that? Like I'm almost shouting. Like I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to meet you and get to know you better. I cannot wait for you to help me solve the murder of the Viking. And I cannot wait for you to see this quilt. We're going to have the best time with the murder mystery quilt in 2023. Please come visit us. MurderMysteryQuilt.com. 
You can register right now, sign up, get assigned to your Clue Crew, start making friends and start shopping. We can't wait to spend the year with you. Have fun sewing. 